And with that, hello and welcome. This is the Socially Intoxicated Awareness Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Toby. And we're here on the 3rd of July to talk about the Silverstone Grand Prix, um, which just finished roughly 10 minutes ago uh, from the time we're recording this. And and excuse my cursing, but wow, what the fuck? That was a great, that was an incredible race, I thought. That um, may be one of the best races I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. And that I think sounds... I, exaggerated no but but it was it was really wow it was i mean you know it was an entertaining race but the racing we saw especially towards the end there between the clerk on old on old tires hamilton and and paris was really, really fantastic it was ah it, it was really really good just just perfect anticipation like pushing each other to the limit and and sometimes even slightly over the limit without going like without going apeshit, without being like truly unfair, you know, I, I just, uh, I just got to take my hat off. This was wonderful, well, wonderful racing and, and a great show all throughout the race. Do, too. Yeah. And I do think we'll get to that later, but it also reflects upon the new regulations and the possibilities with them. Yeah. For we're sure. often used to drivers having to go apeshit to stay close. Nowadays, it's not that anymore, which is yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, quite... what the fuck is a good, is an adequate reaction to this yeah. race? What, what were we saying? Uh, our, our chat during the race uh, on, on WhatsApp, just chatting away. Uh, you, you at some point when I, I think this should be the title of our episode, I, because I, I think one of us or both of us kept saying, uh, like, what the fuck, dude? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Because there's so many side stories as well yeah. to, to this race uh, that just heightened the anticipation and the craziness, it seemed like um so i'm very happy like me actually i'm in the middle of nowhere in france in a mobile home and i decided to skip on a nature walk to uh, watch the race and i'm very happy i did to be honest <laughs> understandable um because this was quite exciting and uh yeah i would like to give myself some credit for this weekend in terms of predictions because in free practice one, I wrote into our group that I think science has a very good chance to win this race. And well, look at that. He did have great pace throughout practice. Um, in qualifying, he hit pole. And in the race, he also, again, turned into a strategist, which <laughs> yeah. is another topic of discussion. It's, it's uh, funny. So yeah. science, great weekend for him. Yeah, here we go. Another Another Ferrari driver hearing Ferrari strategy going actually guys I don't think this is worth it them going all right we're checking <laughs> and the driver gets it right or gets it better than the than the actual team um what does that remind me of oh I don't know three years of Sebastian Vettel <laughs> something like that are you sure are you sure we should do this well, yeah. we're checking we're checking <laughs> ah no we shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah and science is now at the point maybe he learned where he's like this is twice in the same season he's like fuck this strategy I'm doing my own thing and they're like, cool. And it turns out to work very well for him. And it basically saved his race win this time. Yeah. Uh, and, so and mind you, uh, a race win it was. I, I know that, uh, especially in the beginning, the clerk was saying, yeah, I'm faster, I'm faster. And uh, Science had to let him by. And yes, in the end, the um, Science pitting was what got him the win, right? He didn't have to overtake Littler on track on the same tire. Uh, but that being said, we saw Leclerc really fight for it and, and science as well throughout the race. He lost the position early to Verstappen, um, had to fight Leclerc for a while, gave him DRS and all these things, fell behind. But he kept fighting. He kept pushing. And then by the end, he overtook Leclerc and drove off and, and comfortably uh, had the win. Right. I, I know he lost some time uh, from the four seconds that he had while they were still fighting. He went down to like three or 2.8 seconds or something like that. But in the end, science strategically and racecraft wise got this win and it's deserved it's very well deserved and i think this is is this his 150th race start something or like something, that yeah. something along those lines it also shows his experience um because yeah. he really slowly has ridden up the ladder but that doesn't mean he hasn't had experience at the front last week he led most of the laps in canada or he had a very long time lead of that race He's been on the podium several times this season. He's done it before in his career. So finally, he has that race win, and I hope he challenges for more because he shows a great total package of racing driver. Yeah. Um, very steady. Like, honestly, he reminds me of Perez a lot. 
just gotcha. I, I, I feel yeah i really honestly feel like they're similar they're like weights like they're b drivers but they're too good to be b drivers you know mm -hmm. what i mean yeah it's interesting uh, um ah what's his name um uh, there, there's a few analysts to talk about how how they drive a racing car and i think in that regard they might be quite different uh because what i keep hearing people say about paris is how how he's very um very subtle on uh on the power inputs right how he's very subtle on accelerating a car and from what i've heard science is a bit different in that regard science is a bit more edgy has a bit more like yeah has a bit more sharper inputs but i see what you mean right in, in the in the kind of sense of the role that they the fulfill overall, and, yeah. and how they actually like yeah i think you actually b driver but too good to be a b driver is actually pretty good i think yeah because they are both really good drivers as they've shown the, the past few races both of them are so and they both have similar careers right it's not like max or leclerc where they immediately rocket to the top of a big team within a few years yeah. Like Perez and and signs have both been in F one for what like almost well one of them's been over ten years and the other one's almost ten years I think so it's taken quite a while to get to this point like the pinnacle of performance in essence but they've just always been a steady hand in the sport and it's it's cool to see to be honest yeah so I'm really happy for signs and I really do hope that he gets a couple more race victories. I also like the communication between the Ferraris in a way, like the way the drivers were communicating to their teams about the situation, not the way the teams were relaying the message, but the way the drivers, I, I kind of liked it, the way they were talking and maybe I didn't, but I, I just enjoyed being a part of it at the very least. Like Leclerc was arguing in terms of, yeah, but I need more space. I got to go. My tires are heating up and people are going to catch up to me. Yeah. Time is in the way, so I have to overtake him. And then Ferrari first was like, yeah, we're uh, or what were they like? We're checking, we're not battling, we're battling, we're letting them by. We're letting you pass. Like, yeah, yeah. They said like I, four different things. I thought minutes. that was pretty funny as well. How they went. Um, yeah, so we're good to race, and then as soon as it actually came to them probably having to race, Being it close. very quickly became like, oh yeah, yeah, we're letting you by, we're letting you by. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, yeah, and similarly, uh, or then uh, later on in the race, there was a safety car. Um, because uh, I think Albon stopped on the the, the uh, straight. Albon crashed out in lap one, and uh, then sorry, Ocon, Ocon, yes, Ocon had correct. a car unit or had some correct. sort of hydraulic issue, I think. Uh, I, yeah, hydraulic, and I think there was a gear issue as well because he seemed to be stuck in second he, gear. You're way, right; he was he stuck caused, in second. Yeah, he caused the safety car, and that caused the bunch to be packed again, which made for very exciting last what fifteen laps or so. Yeah, and uh, the strategy kind of behind the safety car was was interesting in terms of what ferrari wanted and what signs thought was better and signs was absolutely correct everybody on tv was like giving him props and like questioning why ferrari would even mention yeah. this but they were basically trying to squish everybody together so that i don't know what the point was but but, but basically to keep leclerc behind signs and uh or other way around i don't know but but basically signs was like nah and took off and did a really good job and we saw some amazing racing between the first what four people like all four of them were involved in some great racing at that at that point in time um so that got very entertaining um, i also want i want to you know who i want to give the biggest shout out to this weekend i do know race? but please do it anyways well there's two actually and they're very close um and i'm going to give the 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 nod to mick in these two drivers but they both deserve their flowers the other one is nicholas latifi and like I, I have to say, I was he was very quiet during the race. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'll talk about Latifi first because I have more to say about Mick. But he qualified tenth, and people could be like, "Oh, that's a fluke, yada yada yada," right? But at the same time, he qualified tenth, right? He, yeah. he made it into Q three, only the second time ever in his F one career that he started tenth, and um, he was running as high as eight, I think, and he was consistently around tenth in that area and i think at the end he finished p12 if i'm not mistaken um but he had a really solid race and i just thought he kept his own and he stayed out of trouble as much as he could so shout out to him and i think this was a major boost of confidence for him and i'm kind of bummed he didn't finish it with a point to yeah. be honest because i really would have i would have liked to see that for him hey here here's a fun fact for you i believe with with this now latifi might finally be 20th in the world championship 
<laughs> because he wasn't see, before because Hulkenberg was ahead of him. Depressing though. It doesn't like for a good weekend. Hey, you're finally ahead of all the reserve drivers. <laughs> oh well, what can I say? Yeah, well, again, the other driver who did amazing this week is Mick, and um, he he didn't do great in qualifying. Haas and uh, and Aston Martin were the four cars that started at the very back of the grid, but damn, since Steiner has uh, told him to just race and be in his own thing and not be too worried about everything else, you know, just take it calm and steady and don't have big crashes anymore. That seemed to be the best advice ever for Mick. Yeah, I because reckon Nick was quite consistent. solid last week as well, or last race. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, 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 yeah. This hasn't just been. This has been building up the last couple of races, and um, today, man, he started. I think where did he start? Nineteenth. Nineteenth, and he finished eighth, which is ridiculous. I mean, five, five people ahead of him bonkers. did not finish the race. To be fair, doesn't matter. He made up eleven spaces, so he still made up six spots, which is crazy. Yeah, like that's still a really good job, it, and it means that not only did Mick perform well, but the team, the strategy worked. And yeah, that was really cool. And at the very end, where that safety car came in that I had mentioned earlier, they finally uh, they pitted him. He was on hard, but they pitted him for softs, and that was the right call, even though he dropped out of the points for a moment there. And at the very end, he had a, well, as you put it, and your photo finished with Max. He was challenging Max, who had a, a floor damage issue. So he was running a bit further back, but it was a good race thing. Yeah, I was. I'm just ecstatic for Mick because I think he's now close to Joe in the driver's standings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, if you give me ten seconds, I'll have a quick look. Yeah, I'm looking at it too right now. But in terms of Joe, I think that's another person we have to spend a few minutes on. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's one point behind Joe. Yes, yeah, so he's one point behind Joe, and that I think is the main comparison. Uh, here, but Schumacher is ahead of Albon. He's ahead of Stroll. He's ahead of Latifi. Latifi is officially ahead of Hulkenberg, but right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And this is just really good for Schumacher for his confidence. I think this race guaranteed him um, staying with the team next year. I'm I'm fairly confident about that, to be honest, because he's also gotten not just one point. He's got four points before the summer break. I think that's about the level of expectation they had for him. He had two large shunts, but you know. I think it's okay. I think he did an amazing job, and I I could see him running in these positions more often. Haas finished double points, good for them. Like great, great for Haas, great for Williams. Semi, semi good for Williams, I guess. But like Haas is definitely one of the winners team wise. Um, maybe you want to continue in terms of talking us through the uh, first lap of the race or the race start. I mean. Let's be real. The first lap of the race wasn't the first lap of the race because it wasn't a full lap, essentially. Um, it was a, there was a major shunt in the beginning. And I think what we should say first is uh, that we can all be very, very glad that that crash uh, ended without any casualties, right? Um, because the car, fl- Guan Yu Zhou's car, or Zhou Guan Yu's car, um, flipped over the safety barrier, essentially, into the fence, separating the racetrack from the, uh, from the stands. And it could that could have been. I mean, it was caught at that point, and, and he he's fine, right? He was wedged in there, and and I think we can say that the halo probably had a, a saved another life today. You know, not just not just the F two drivers, but also Guan Yu Zhou, or at least protected yeah. him majorly. But what this gave me major vibes is um, a few years ago in the Nurburgring um, during a, a some sort of Tourenwagen or whatever kind of race, um, a Porsche crashed uh, just ahead of the carousel. Uh, and actually flew into the into the crowd, right? And the fence didn't hold, and he killed um, he uh, killed a few visiting uh, British people, a few visiting Welsh people, and uh, you know this is the kind of accident that goes down Damn. if it goes wrong, goes down in history, right? This is the kind of stuff that in rally used to kill many many people because it's impossible to secure, and I think we can count yeah. everyone there very very lucky. Um, that this went as well as it, uh, as safe as it did, right? I, I sent you the video. Someone recorded it on the actual stage, yeah. um, seeing the car fly into it, and you see someone run away. And it's like, okay, well, this is going from race to kind of like a disaster movie very, very quickly. And and yeah, everyone's healthy, everyone's fine. I believe Alban went to the hospital for some checkups after he had a crash that was un, kind of unrelated to what's going on here, but went into the barriers. 
uh, but Joe Guan Yu and and uh, sent some updates and said he's fine. And Alban, he can't be that hurt. Um, if if he's no, I think Alban maybe is a bit concussed. Um, but because he was shoved around and kind of immediately hit the barriers on the start straight, which is I guess quite quite the impact. But with yeah. Joe, like I wonder what it was like the experience in this car because a. It's super hard to flip a car like that. They're especially these years' cars because yeah. it's all on downforce. So they're basically glued to the floor. So the center of gravity is so low to even get them to lift fully off the ground is already really tough. And the way he was touched, it seemed like the perfect touch to flip the car. And then he got like flapped in the wind, yeah. flipped over on his head, and skidded almost at like an insanely high pace all the way through the long gravel. And into the fence where he flipped over into it which looked insane it looked like yeah. out of the 70s something that would happen yeah and then he was laying in there thanks for pulling up the picture um, you can find this stuff on reddit by the way folks uh just pictures of the accident different camera perspectives but basically for 10 minutes or 15 minutes there was no replays shown and everybody was wondering live on tv what's going on because they yeah. never show replays until they know the driver's okay but the issue was that the car is so rammed between the barrier and the fence that they didn't know how to get it out. And they had very little room to access yeah. the driver to check if he was okay. Yeah. And that was really concerning. Like, yeah. you just noticed it. Everybody was chilly yeah. in that way. It, it reminded me in a, in a weird way. It reminded me of the opposite of what happened two years ago with Grosjean's, uh, Grosjean's crash where he crashed and they showed yeah. they showed replays of it very quickly and very rapidly and then it came a bit, they got a backlash saying yeah you can't show these kind of accidents on screen if you don't know the drivers all right right and we were all fearing for Gojas like then and then this year yeah we're seeing yeah. something like and this and they're not showing too. anything i thought holy did we did we just see someone die you know it was really really yeah, yeah I mean, I was, we can be glad that that I was everyone still involved certain was okay. of that and even after the team was like, yeah, he's okay. Well, later after the race, there was a small like replay where they showed Joe still at the track, which I thought was insane. Talking to uh, Stefano Domenicali, uh, one of the high ups in the F1 uh, and, and his team boss and everything. And just saying like how it felt and that I think he was saying he was mostly conscious. He may have shortly lost consciousness through like the dragging over the dirt. Mm -hmm. And then he was kind of just going through things and at one point, they dropped something in the uh, like throughout the race where they were just talking about him again. They were just saying, Yeah, apparently the team said he's not in imminent danger or anything. He is able to slur sentences and put things together slowly. And I was thinking, That doesn't sound like he's okay, though. Like, no. even though they say he's okay, that sounds like brain damage in that like moment. <laughs> and um, so I'm very happy he's okay. This was kind of his home track. To because he what since he was like eight he's lived at silverstone uh his whole family moved over so i'm i'm very happy that he's okay and out and that he was still able to be at the track too to be honest yeah yeah but yeah so I much mean, for him i mean <laughs> let's let's move things along to a bit of of lighter conversation uh speaking of silverstone home races who there's someone who didn't have a good silverstone home race and that's george russell <laughs> um <laughs> poor guy uh poor poor guy i think he was very excited for this race and then um he was also uh, crashed out in that thing in that in this first uh, lap incident and then tried to convince the fia to no let you know let let my team repair my car and i'll be back in it and they're like nah but nah bruv we're not doing that Oh, that was the first title we were going to give this episode. George, the Good Samaritan. <laughs> yeah, right. So George's, so the, the back to the Joe accident at the beginning. Uh, basically what happened off the start, a couple cars had a bad start. And I, I forget, I think it was Russell and Joe. They were starting next to each other. They both had a bad start. They left the gap. Latifi took advantage, went through. Gasly saw that as well from behind, went into the gap between the two. That gap was then shrinking rapidly because Russell was moving over to close it. Um, Gasly slightly touched Russell, who went into Joe and caused that long collision that we just covered. And Russell's claim was then that he just stopped to check on Joe. So he was um, he just stopped because we saw him skid a little bit into the like sand, uh, into the gravel and everything. He ran over and he immediately checked on him and he told, apparently, he said, he told the uh, the, the, the 
guys at the track to keep his car there and not touch it and he'll be right back <laughs> which i think yeah. is odd during a race but okay good for him and he wants to see make sure he's okay that's all that matters i i agree and he gets back and his car's on the trailer and you're being shipped back to the thing and the rule state if you can't get your car back in the own strength then uh you're not allowed to continue fair i guess yeah which, but then which he was trying we... to say oh i was only being a good samaritan please like let me rejoin and i get that but the way the commentators on tv just mentioned it the entire time they were more shocked about that than they were about the actual accident yeah that, that's show, what that i thought was a bit me off what what i thought was a bit weird about it too is that in that crash they were talking mind you there was more news on russell obviously because there wasn't much on on um on joe there but it was a bit weird that they kept talking about russell and not about the fact that we might have just you know that that i mean let's put it this way that we hope that joe is okay and that we hope we didn't just see someone die but yeah, I mean that's that's the British home crowd, and you know that, that's what they want to hear about, I guess. And if there's not nothing better to talk about, but still, that was a bit macabre. I remember we were texting uh, during the scene. I was like, yeah, I mean, Russell handled it quite well in his interview. Right? They had to prod him to get information on the entire thing. But like in the end, like come on, man, come on. Agreed. It was the commentators that were doing that work, not Russell. Honestly, like, yeah, we have to give that as well. Like fair enough um but yeah okay so that accident's covered the insane start so we had a red flag immediately after the first and all of the hard work that was done in that first lap was basically canceled out because we didn't drive enough until the red flag ever called so we had a restart again standing start and uh science protected his lead this time yeah for a little bit um and then we saw some red bull issues and maybe you want to talk about the uh battle we had after the second official start to the race yeah i mean i'd, I'd be it was great huh? the first uh, race start was pretty clean and dry i thought and to be fair i, I would have been really interested in seeing how far uh, verstappen can carry those softs that he started on but uh, well sort of a medium second didn't get um signs into turn one and they him so verstappen signs and leclerc then and paris uh, went into turns two three and four together and kind of like really trying to figure out where where to attack which one of them and Verstappen goes around the long the long and then turn four onto the long straight then and I know our opinions differ on here but Leclerc on the very inside of it all like so yeah, Verstappen on the right then signs then Paris on the left trying to cover the inside and then Leclerc decides to kind of yeet it across the curbs uh, turn left take a very tight corner kind of bounce across the curbs a bit and then what I thought was a very like F1 2020 one uh, online lobby kind of move but he got his way into the inside got past paris there uh, damaged both his front wing and paris's um yeah we saw some good racing um but that was pretty much it he attacked verstappen but uh, into i think turn god it was into a left-hander so it would have been was it turn five would have been turn five and then yeah exit of turn five were attacked verstappen uh, went off track, didn't wasn't really able to pull it through, and then kind of lost it from there. But yeah, that was a that was a very interesting kind of continuation of the first lap. Well, and there was a lot of like four car battles, and yeah. that was really cool. I think there I could name three or four different ones of this race, and they were all pretty exciting to follow. Um, yeah, I was the biggest was one really is the one you mentioned earlier at the end of it, where we had Perez, Leclerc, and Hamilton. And they each were in second place at one point, and they all were in fourth place at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Alonso like, got in on that, and science. It was amazing. Very sure was part of that as well. Pulled yeah. up as well. Yeah, it was great because they were stocking up, and like all the cars were catching up to them. It was really neat. I was really really happy about it. Yeah. Um. I I just read a quote from uh, Vettel, who actually finished behind Mick in this. Yeah, race. nice. Huh? Yeah, he he got on the uh, mediums in the end. Should really shouldn't have. And uh, well, maybe he did it for Mick. I don't know, but he said he said post race. Um, I was actually streaming in the car, go Mick, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was kind of pushing them. I don't oh, that's know. sweet. I, uh, yeah, a lot of happy moments in this. But let's talk about um, also the fact that there was plans to disrupt this race. Yeah, that was interesting, huh? I mean. By the, the, some, news, the news broke know, out what a few you would years. Want to call them. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't really know what they were after. I'd imagine they're environmental um, activists, which, you know, is, is a worthy cause. 
but uh, the police already said like a few days ago like yeah hey guys we heard that there's plans to disrupt something and like if you're in this please don't do it and you know we're gonna start disrupting these things and it's really not cool and then during the first um during the red flag of the first uh, first lab incidents apparently people went on track dressed as marshals and laid down on track in what i can only imagine was an attempted martyrdom you know <laughs> like dying for their cost because that's what you're going to do if you lie down flat on a formula one race uh, a racetrack while people are racing on it uh yeah that was really crazy probably or create a huge accident yeah one and, or the and other but for the a moment funny thing is they weren't even able to do it because the red flag happened <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of funny to me. It's like, oh, we're going to try and disturb the race, but shoot, our disturbance can't take place because there's been a disturbance. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah, that was a bit absurd. I'm, I'm, I'm qu- kind of glad that there wasn't that much coverage of it on the main feed because I don't think these things should be encouraged with F1 too. Because it's, I mean, the cause that, that they followed is one thing that can be as righteous as you want. This is fucking dangerous, huh? When like oh, yeah, sitting in the middle of an F1 track while the race is going on, and I know they didn't do it, but you know that is actively risking your life, and not just your life, also the life of other exactly. people. Exactly, I was just going to say, no, because Ooh. think about the dodge maneuvers that would happen, right? You have another, yeah. you could easily have another Joe kind of falling into fences, and who knows if all the other fences are good. Yeah, and uh, like back to Joe, the one thing we didn't say is the halo saved his head, right? I think his yeah. head would have maybe otherwise been chawed off. Yeah, And if that fence hadn't held, that was 10, 15 fans that were looking at at least severe injuries. Yeah, and which probably some parts again. of Guan Yuzhou flying into them, you know, which is a... Yeah. Just like kind of, I'm not saying this for shock value. I'm saying this without safety Horror. precautions as we have them now. This is the kind of image where we have to imagine, huh? So yeah. we can be very, yeah. very glad just how safe Formula One has become. 100%. 100%. Okay. We've talked a lot about crazy accidents um, and crazy racing. I think there, there, there was some absolute great battle. Um, how about we talk? See, Max's damage. I wanted to recover this. So, Max, right? Was... You initially handed me the, the the you handed me the mic so I can talk about Max and Red Bull failures. Well, yeah. Did I? Oh, okay. I was gonna do it again now um, because I didn't quite. Care. It seemed like Max looked like he was gonna be able to win this race. And all of a sudden, he um, had an issue, and they first just switched tires, and everybody felt like, "Oh, okay, it's fine." Uh, just unlucky with the with the puncture or something, because he ran over some debris that was still on the track. Yeah, but it actually turned into something else that there was floor damage. Now I don't know if that came from his own doing or if it came from the fact that he had bumped with Leclerc or something prior. Yeah. Uh, so if I remember this correctly, so I, I don't actually know what, what happened either. I, I reckon we'll have to wait a bit longer for, until uh, the race is over to really figure this out. But from what I remember, um, Horner said that uh, Max got um, floored, that Max got, Max got floor damage from some debris on the track. And I think it was in, I think I heard him say it was turn 12 where he got it in. Um now, my initial thought was that it was part of the, the Alpha Tauris kind of bumping into each other and spinning, and that, that that's kind of the then new, um, you know, that's where he got it from, that new debris that wasn't cleared up during the red flag. Uh, and I don't know where exactly they spun. I kind of think I remember it being in, like, towards the end of the lap, so turns uh, 16, 17, and 18, but I, I could be wrong. It might have been into turn two anyways. doesn't matter. Uh, he had floor damage, which resulted in less aero load on the rear, so... Essentially, in any situation where you want your rears to be stuck to the ground uh, to really kind of keep up with your with what how much you can do, he was he was a bit out of luck. Uh, so acceleration out of corners, um, uh, yeah, turning into corners, or and more importantly, getting out uh, turning out of corners, kind of opening up the car uh, as you as you start ex- hitting the accelerator, all these sort of things he would have been impaired with. Um, so I reckon that's that's what that's what he had. Considering which, I think he got seventh or sixth or something like that. It's still pretty impressive. I think seventh. Um, yeah, seventh. It's still a fairly impressive result. Um, you know, you got to consider that <laughs> he was essentially doing lap times that other cars do normally. And he was like, he was doing those times and going, like, yeah, no, the car's absolutely fucking broken. So <laughs> fair play to him. We saw how strong the Red Bull was with Perez in the end. So yeah. I reckon. And this is impressive. 
Yeah. I mean, it fell into Perez's favor, but the fact that he just got unlucky because he got damaged and he had to immediately pit, which I think he had got a whole new front wing. And uh, that that basically killed his strategy. But he finished, what did he finish? Second? Which is two positions up, which was probably mostly due to the safety car. But he really, I mean, talk about tire whisperer and uh, managing your tires. Because yeah. he drove, I think, what is it? What was it? 46 laps on mediums? On, on hard. Just ridiculous. I no, think. on mediums. Oh, no, on mediums. You're right. It was, this is because he had pitted, he had mediums on, then he pitted again for mediums when he did the new wing, or the new front wing. And then he did 46 laps and pitted for softs, I think, which is just like yeah. people were saying the hards last 31 laps, just for reference. Yeah. <laughs> But he was doing all right times. I said from the I, uh, once his yeah. um, once his second pit stop happened, there I was like, yeah, no, he's just got to bide his time now, see where it takes him, and and he did that to perfection. As you said, he kept track of the tires, um, didn't get into too much trouble, and then was rewarded in the end with a safety car, just absolutely giving him a shot, and he took that. And I think that's the Sergio Perez yeah. we're seeing this this year. I think last year he might have not been able to really pull out as much as he did this year, but. No, now he was, you know, this was really, really his moment to shine and he made the most of it. Awesome. I mean, really good for him. He got the P2. He helped Red Bull still stick, you know, get some nice, get some nice uh, times in and still some important points because this race turned into a maximize and try to close as much of the gap to max and Red Bull as possible. Yeah. And Ferrari did a good job of that, although Leclerc kind of, you know, that good battle. Yeah, I mean, Leclerc lost, only gained six points hours. on Verstappen through all this, huh? Paris, yeah. is the, Paris, yeah. gained, uh, Paris gained six points on Leclerc in, instead, or in, in turn, and then Sainz gained seven points on, on Paris and 13 so on So the, the championship, so is... if we want to go through it after this race, Max is still first with 181. Paris has 147, which is 34 points behind him. Leclerc has 138. So he's still 39 nine behind. behind Perez. Oh, behind Perez, yeah. Yeah, and uh, 43 behind behind uh, Max. And Sainz is at 127. And then we have both Mercedes. So it's Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, Mercedes, Mercedes. And then we got Norris. And I don't know where we find the other McLaren driver. Ricardo, uh, Ricardo's with Ricardo. far behind. Ricardo's on 14th. They have Vettel overtook him. No. Well, the, the thing, the thing is, I think Lando is outperforming the car, but Daniel may just be taking the car and not using it much. You know what I mean? He just like the car stays about what it is. And McLaren have already announced they're not adding more upgrades this season. Like nothing major. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I think so a lot of just, teams will kind of follow. Well, we know Haas hasn't even started yet. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty crazy. Huh? Like, just the difference in strategy there. Like, yeah. I don't know how far Red Bull can still go, but I don't think they need to go much further, to be honest. And I think Ferrari, maybe they'll have some something small left in the next couple of races. Uh, but but the I think Haas still has some, probably some of the biggest, like, budget for... Um, for, for implementing new changes and yeah, updates. But they said it'll take a while till they get until they get actual changes, right? They said it'll take until France or Hungary. Yeah, I thought it was is, France. When is France? Isn't France next? France is in three weeks. Oh no, actually France is in oh we're in a triple header. So Austria France in, and France, yeah. Austria, France. Yeah, I, I feel like I heard them say um that they're postponing it till maybe till Hungary, which would be the week after that and, and the last race before the summer break. Um, not sure on that though. Not sure on that. They might bring it to France. That'd be great. Interesting. Let's check. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to follow because it, it could give them a serious boost of performance, and you know, a couple yeah. more double finishes. I'd I'd be very happy to see Haas really pull through in the second half of the season because they're still competitive in the car they built for the beginning of the season, huh? Yeah. So if they I mean, gain a few, if they gain a bit there, that'd be awesome. I mean, this was kind of a crazy race, but I think even without that huge crash, it would have been um, Schumacher and Magnussen. They would have battled with Joe and Bottas, I guess, was a little unlucky. 
Yeah, uh, the Alphas have been extremely unlucky recently. Also, the Alpha Tauris. There was a moment in the race where Tsunoda got a five-second penalty because him and Gasly, his teammate, like they were in the same corner and they spun at the same time, which I thought was hilarious because they were so uncompetitive that <laughs> they just started doing donuts. Uh, that was at least my impression. But Tsunoda got a five-second penalty for that. And then they almost came together again. Come again? Just, just the last part? Uh, they almost came together twice, the Alpha Tauri teammates. Really? When's the second time? Shortly after Tsunoda got his five-second penalty for the first time. I don't recall yeah. what or, or anything. I just remember the commentators pointing it out, saying, okay, here we go again. Um, but here, another person to shout out who had a quiet weekend and did a really good job, Alonso in the Alpine, finished fifth. That's 10 points, that's 10 big points. Yeah. Uh, so good for him. Um, yeah, he is slowly catching up to Akon now, and only what eleven points behind him now. Uh, so they're ninth and tenth in the championship, um, and that runs out the top ten. But what's really cool to see is that Mick and K Mag are only twelve points apart now. <laughs> so I really, I, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna bet, and this is gonna be maybe a bit risky. Mick will have more points than uh, Magnuson at the end of the season. You reckon? That I is do. Risky. I know. You're the one who said Latifi would crash out. Oh no, you said he would lose what? Three positions in three laps? I mean, I, I said Latifi would lose five positions in three laps at the start because I didn't think he'd have a good start. Um, but to be fair, that's not as risky as saying over the entire season Mick is going to start outperforming Magnuson um, regularly. But I mean, I'd be very happy if it happened. Well, because I think Magnuson has his high coming back and then his old habits of like frustration and et cetera kick in. And that might give Mick the advantage because now that he has the burden of getting points off his shoulder, I think he's going to challenge. Honestly, if the car is, is like good for the track, I think Mick can challenge for points in most races. At least be around, you know, P10. Maybe gotcha. not every time. But I, I do think... Maybe I'm just riding a high right now. I don't know. That could be. Yeah. Well, let's well, let's have a look in the future then. Huh? Let's see how. Well, when's, what's, what's the next track? Austria. Austria is a very fast, a very Bull. short track. It is a Red Bull track. Um, long straights, uh, short. So so what's what's Austria? Turn one is well, a right hander, you... which is relatively slow, but but not super slow. Then you go all the way up into. Or through turn two, which is not a, really a turn. Then turn three is really slow. Uh, probably a first gear. And then take a right through there. Left, right, that's slow. Then we kind of have a mid-speed thing. And then towards the end, it's pretty fast. And then slow down and you're back on the straight. Well, that hmm. second sector looks like a nice uh, Mercedes sector, to be honest. Yeah. I reckon the... because the track's so short... I mean, the, the long straights will absolutely suit the Red Bulls here. And I don't think you need that much downforce in the other parts. It's just sector two that, that really kind of needs you to have your shit, to, really needs you having your shit together. But there you can't really overtake. So I reckon, yeah, I reckon mm, the Red Bulls are going to be really quick there. I mean, of course. Well, I think Red Bull won too anyway, but it's more like now what, what's, what would be the next best engine to have in your car? The Merc or the Ferrari? I mean, engine-wise, they're when you're so close together, of all of them, right? It's it's really got to be down the to the arrow. Alpine. Hmm. It's true, mm, but Mercedes did impress me this weekend, like Mercedes specifically. Yeah, Mercedes, Mercedes were strong. I, I'd they still seem say to they're be still, back to the point. Yeah, I reckon they're still behind Red Bull and Ferrari, just an overall pace. But they were, they were really strong. They're especially on the medium. Well. What I think is they they're still not a match for Red Bull, but they're mm -hmm. getting to the now they can challenge Ferrari. Yeah. Not like and not be like, oh, we're clearly the the shittier team and the, the less, you know, powerful team, etc. No, I think they're pretty much even now. At, at least it looked that way. And um, yeah. I can see them consistently challenging Ferrari because it seems like every time Ferrari has a good finish, Red Bull needs to have something kind of not go their way. And Perez mm. still finished P2, even though he had to go in in lap two to get a wing change. Yeah, 
and Verstappen uh, still got P7, which is not bad for for how bad his apart for how apparently bad his car was to drive. Yeah, what was he? he was almost losing a second per lap uh, to the leader, I think, compared to the front, nah. or or eight tenths or something like that, which is quite significant. <laughs> yeah, when you think about what a quali lap is, but um, yeah, so it'll be exciting these next couple of weeks. What's coming with the races? Because we got a bunch in a row. We've got um, France coming up. We've got uh, Hungary coming. Well, we've got Aus- uh, Austria. I keep wanting to say Australia. We've got Australia coming up, France, and um, Hungary. Now, Hungary will be really interesting, right? Because Hungary is kind of known as, as Monaco without, without walls. So it's not really in track known for racing. And in the past years, it's been really tough to follow there. I'd be really interested what that track is going to be like with the new cars. That be that. I, I have a feeling it'll be awesome. So here's a uh, funny story. Our neighbor here in this camping car park where all these mobile homes are parked, um, I was just talking to him because we asked for directions earlier. Mm-hmm. And he was actually at the very first F1 race in Hungary when the Hungary oh, awesome. opened. Yeah, so we were talking about it. And uh, this dude's like 80 and he's been following F1 his entire life. He used to camp at the Nürburgring at the Nordschleife for the watch races and stuff. But cool. Yeah, yeah. Really cool dude. So, um, yeah, I look forward to Hungary now even more based off yeah. his stories. Dude, yeah, it's awesome. Did I tell you the story of my da- when my dad used to travel with the motor racing, uh, with the um, bike racing, motorbike racing team mm-hmm. um, as a traveling kind of like side mechanic? Uh, he, they, they let him go around the, um, they let him go around the Hungaro ring uh, on a scooter. Scooter Seb. Yeah, it was really fun. It's a really fun story. That's good. I'll have to talk to him about that next time. But yeah, I think the next, uh, what, three races before the summer break will really lay out, I think, the final parts of like development. And I think it'll set the tone for the next half of the season to come. For sure. For sure. Because what, after the summer break, we have, what is it, 10 more races, I think? Uh, something like that. But after, so before the summer, I think the next few races, hmm, let's see. Well, Austria, uh, Austria and France are both very high speed tracks. Um, but then Hungary is a really like middle to low kind of speed track. Well, a really medium speed track with a lot of like low speed kind of stuff. Um, and a really aero dependent stuff. So I reckon. Well, and we'll probably also have the final like upgrades and updates to coming to the cars in these three races. Well, I reckon we're going to have something after the summer break, right? It just makes sense. Well, yeah, but most of the big developments will have been done because they've either already been done by now or uh, they've been announced to be done. Like I think Red Bull said they were going to do something in Austria mm. because, well, it's their home. So yeah. it makes sense that they're most accustomed to that track and would bring out updates there. The race that I'm most excited for this year is, I think, Japan, just because it hasn't been on the calendar in yeah. a really long time. Yeah. Suzuka is awesome. And it's a wonderful track to drive. That's yeah. where um that's where I when I was at the esports convention that's where I won the the gloves for qualifying uh well there and that's what got me into the into the races where I won the gloves. Nice, nice, well done, well done. Toby, the Suzuka expert. So if any esports no, team I'm, needs a reserve driver, I'm really not. Before doing that, I was like, I I'm really not good at Suzuka, and then they're just kind of, I had a lot of fun in the what did they put me in in a GT eighty six racing kind of thing, something like that. It's fun. Interesting. That is a nice car. I saw one on the road recently. Beautiful. Um, I did want to give a shout out because you talked about F2 earlier in terms of like the junior categories. Mm -hmm. So it would have been really cool if Charlie Clerk won the uh, race today in F1 because his brother won the feature race in F3, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And in F2, a historic thing happened. An American driver, a Williams driver, I think Logan Sargent is his name. He won the feature race in F2. Right, Log- Logan so Sargent won. Yeah, he's a, and he's an upcoming prospect. He's yeah, a he's a McLaren well. prospect, right? Uh, I well, he's in the Williams Driver Academy. I'm pretty sure, but I, I think he's part of it. Yes, I, I, to some degree. But there's a couple Americans coming up. Um. Anyway, I wanted to give him his flowers. Good job to him. Good way to, good way to represent. And hopefully, uh, I think he's in the top five or top ten, top seven in the uh, the standings right now. 
um, mm-hmm. and they are fairly close. And as a rookie, um, not bad. Most of them aren't rookies. So if he can, you know, keep his own and stay at the top, that'd be good for him. Good for the yeah. U.S. Good for F1. And uh, kind of like like Joe, maybe getting an easier in into Formula One because of the country he's from and the market it, you know, attracts, which yeah. business sense makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think we could see similar things happen with American drivers. Yeah, mind you, that being said, I think, I mean, okay, he crashed, he was crashed out today, but I think Joe has been, you know, for, for all the hate he got in the beginning when it was like, yeah, he's just another paid driver, it's just China's money. I nah, think he's got a good yeah. rookie season so far. Are we? I feel I feel we judge him like someone who isn't 100%. a rookie, forgetting the fact that he is, in fact, the rookie. So Better rookie season than Sonoda. That's Put true. That out there, like if you compare up until now, better yeah. than Sonoda. And Sonoda, I think, has been doing pretty well this year in the second year. Sonoda's been doing well year. this year. Mick had. Yes. A, I feel like Mick had an okay rookie season for how much of a dog the car was. Well, and the thing is, the only real now. driver that's like hundred percent going to get into F one next year by next season is Oscar Piastri. There's no other real like must have in the sport right now gotcha from what right you know it's just piastri and it's a shame he wasn't in at the start of this year and we already have a seat clearance for that as well as latifi did this weekend i still don't think it's enough um and piastri will presumably join williams next year yeah uh, and take latifi's spot and i think everything else will stay the same because ricardo isn't just gonna walk and leave his 20 something million dollars on the table because think, he has you think McLaren to, is going to keep uh, Ricardo for another year? Don't they? Aren't they going into contract McLaren's negotiations? Choice. I ah, don't have know them, specifically. They, the contract the extends the, another year. No, so his contract doesn't run out this year. His contract has always been to the end of next season, and the gotcha. only way that it wouldn't continue is if it were a certain level of like performance potentially. But apparently the contract is structured in such a way that Ricardo has the option, not ah. the team. So it's his choice, and he's making a lot of money. And if he looks around and is like, okay, well, I'm not going to make that money anywhere else to have an equal good car opportunity thing, then he may as well just bet on himself, do another year, and then, you know, I don't know, move to NASCAR. Fair enough. I can see it happening with him. I can That's see that kind of, too, yeah. Yeah, he loves it. So... Um, I think that's that's where it's at right now. It could be that if he gets even worse and he finishes, I don't know, 18th in the championship at the end or like whatever the weakest position is possible right now, assuming Latifi and a couple others still finish behind him, then then it could be the team goes like, nah, we're canceling this. But I think yeah. it need, there are like stipulations required for it. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I thought he was doing better. I think, I don't remember where he finished in uh, Canada, but I thought he was, you know, getting on top of whatever issue he had. But then Silverstone really was, it was really just not his, not his weekend again, which, you know, we've been saying for a while now, which is just maybe hinting towards the point that this isn't his sport anymore. <laughs> you know, if, if every weekend isn't his weekend, then. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hundred percent. Well, overall, this has been a very exciting weekend. Yes, and, extremely. Um, so. It would be nice if all races were like this, <laughs> apart from maybe the crazy crash. Um, for anybody willing wanting to to look at it, I'm sure Formula One YouTube channel will come out with a replay of it. Otherwise, oh, Reddit sure. is your best friend. Formula Dank is a great stream to 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 find all these things, um, or Twitter, you know. Um, from that point of view i don't have any other remaining pointers regarding the race um yeah any last thoughts oh uh, no no i think i mean i think we can i think this was probably the best race of the season so far for me it was really really yeah, cool 100%, i mean i yeah. i'll maintain i think uh, bahrain was a really interesting was a really good race uh uh, just just because it was the first one, everyone's getting on term, uh, to terms with things. But as far as the pure racing, with how many drivers were really involved in good racing, I think that it was unbeatable in Silverstone. Yeah, fully agree. Fully agree. Um, yeah, it'd be lovely if it just continued that way. Just got closer, better, and yeah, 
you know, very respectful racing too. I thought overall today. I mean, maybe the one corner Leclerc took wasn't as respectful, but apart from that, I think in total, all the racing was very professional and it wasn't personal. That's yeah. how it seemed last year at Silverstone. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of. And I, 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 this is, I guess, maybe a good closing thought. But I, I said it to you offline. Um, I didn't think. Uh, a race at Silverstone would ever get as exciting again in the first lap as it did last year because mm -hmm. that big crash I think happened in the first lap last year. Yeah, between where Hamilton and uh, Verstappen collided in uh, what cops I think, and uh, this one was more exciting and it was only a year later. So yeah. quite quite intense, quite cool. More coverage, more time. Uh, and I think the broadcast overall was well done as well. Yeah. I don't know what potentially I missed because I didn't, you know, double check with F1 TV or what they were showing. Obviously, one could check the onboards immediately after the accidents and stuff, but that's to be understand why they. Yeah, didn't there was there was one thing that. after the after the restart uh, after the safety car, they were showing replays of the initial fights, and I kept thinking like, no, show us the actual fights. They're not done. They're not done. Yeah, but yeah, other than yeah, that, yeah. The coverage yeah. was really good. Yeah, and it really hasn't been all season, the coverage. Like, this was one of the higher points of coverage. Yeah. Good. Well, on that bombshell, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been our emotional reaction to the Silverstone Grand Prix 2022. And we will be back, I guess, next week for our reaction to the uh, French one. I hope week. next week, yeah. Oh, no, next to the Aust Austrian one. Yeah. Austrian one, yeah. Exactly. Austria, Great. Canada. No, goddammit. Austria, France, and then France. Hungary. Austria, yes, and France, then Belgium Hungary. after the summer break. Three weeks in a row. We got to find a point where we upload um, uh, where we upload our... It's not our three weeks. Episode. It's next week, and then it's the week off. Oh, there's a so week off? After, okay. Yeah, we have basically two double headers. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So the weekend after next is off. That's when we will upload our good friend Justin Brienno, who was on the podcast, and uh, share his stories from being a musician in Prague coming from the US. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Well, then, thanks for viewership. We will talk to you next week. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy the weather. I know it's very hot in some places in Europe right now. Yes. So stay safe. Yes. And um, right. adios, muchachos. Adios. Good night.